This week on The Business of Lifting Weights, we talk about customer service, why it should be everyone's focus, and how it directly impacts growing your gym. What's going on, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we are back with episode 31 of The Business of Lifting Weights. Today, we're going to talk all about customer service, breaking down areas that we think are important within a gym, kind of non-traditional ways in which customer service is applied, and how to kind of piss people off less. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, So right out of the gates, first question, I'll just ask you... Uh, Brian is the person who handles, for lack of a better term, customer service at the gym. He deals with all the membership requests. He signs new members up, finds out about why they left their old gym, finds out why people leave our gym. So he kind of has like all the inside information on the reasons people make buying decisions. Um, so what? why do you think, in a nutshell, customer service matters? Well, first off, I absolutely hate the term customer service. I don't know why it's so like generic, but um, you think about somebody in a headset like these, yes, much like these, answering phone calls at a desk and hating their life because they have to deal with people people that complain. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you think that everybody is going to be extremely happy and never have any issues, um, you know that that just doesn't happen. You know, we run a very successful gym, um, and we still get you know, people that are upset about something happening or, you know, they don't follow the terms of our memberships or something like that. And they're unaware that they're going to be charged or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so you're going to, you're going to run into difficulties with members. Um, I think that we do a very good job of diffusing those situations and turning those kind of negative experiences into positive experiences to where they might be upset about something. And then all of a sudden they're raving fans of the gym. Um, the reason why that is so important to be able to kind of swip, flip the switch on that um, is because doing that, number one, keeps members longer. And <clears throat> excuse me, number two, um, you get people from other gyms that aren't doing this. So, you know, every question about growing a gym is always marketing. How do we market? How do we get more customers? And in my opinion, it is entirely about customer service and treating people right and kind of doing the right things with all of this. And that is how you grow the gym because, you know, every single gym, the number one way of growing is through referrals. So if you're creating these good experiences with your current members and people that are reaching out, inquiring about your gym, then that's just going to snowball and just create, you know, a lot more referrals and a lot more people coming to your gym. I also think too, and this isn't an opinion, this is kind of fact, that the cost to keep a customer is much cheaper than the cost to add a new customer. Absolutely. So if for gyms that are struggling for ways to increase their revenue, I think just first and foremost, it's like get your house in order before you start yeah. bringing more people into that house. And keeping people for longer is all it is, is just providing them with a good experience and meeting whatever their expectation is with joining the gym. Yeah. Um, so I think very clearly defining first and foremost what you are and how you apply it to people, that's kind of like the first step. Um, if you don't have that ironed out and people are coming in with a different expectation of what you're advertising, then yeah. I think you're just you're setting yourself up to not be successful. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, 
gyms they have these you know terms and conditions or you know fine print and stuff like that that they're designed so that people don't read them or don't see them and so you know they might be blindsided you know six months down the road when they're like i well, i never agreed to this um and it's because these gyms are kind of trying to like sneak these things in or even if you're not trying to sneak them in just putting them in fine, fine print expecting people to know them or even normal print expecting or normal people print. to read them <laughs> yeah like that's you have true. to tell them shit yeah like on our on our membership forms like we we have people sign it which explain the terms we have people initial next to three basically our three major points that you know we want people to know and that's simple stuff like your membership's going to renew every month like unless you'll, it's you'll canceled. pay for this service yeah like you're you will be charged by signing this u.s dollars <laughs> um and we make it very well known that like these three kind of terms are how we run our memberships and it's like when people sign that they kind of know uh what they're getting into and you know when we started out it wasn't the case with that like you know we had some generic form that we got from the internet that was like gym membership form and uh we used that and we ran into a bunch of problems so finally it was like okay let's make this very very clear what people are doing here and that way that'll reduce the time energy and effort that we're going to need to spend down the line to take care of this stuff um so before we get into some specific examples <clears throat> of membership membership specific customer service and you know, billing information and like, you know, very specific disputes and how we handle those situations. Um, I'd like us to talk a little bit about just like how we view customer service as a whole and like why, you know, like when I think of customer service, I know when we first started out, we tended to like really obsess over thinking that every single person had to love every single thing about the gym. Yep. And I think we still have that mentality a little bit as unrealistic as that is so what's the fine line between you know somebody being pissed off and leaving at the worst end of the spectrum and then at the best end somebody who loves every single move that you make and they're just like brand champion and you can do no wrong in their eyes where do you need people to fall on that spectrum on a consistent basis in order to run a successful gym yeah i mean obviously you have people all over that spectrum the people that are at the very low end, you know, to be honest, a lot of times they're just bad clients. Like there's nothing you can do. Um, you try and diffuse the situation, but ultimately it's going to be better if they leave. So like, I, I obviously won't say names, but somebody reached out about a discount at one point because, you know, whatever situation they were in, they just didn't want to pay as much as everybody else. And you know, cause that makes sense. Um, and you know, my steps of communication ultimately were to get this person to look at other gyms because... But the, lead, lead them down that... Have them arrive at that conclusion yes. on their own. I didn't tell them you should look at other gyms, but through our steps of communication, it was, you know, they they got it themselves like, okay, I'm going to start looking at other gyms. And, you know, if I ultimately come back to you guys, then... I know I've experienced these other places and realized that they're not as good. So when I come back, I'm going to be a happy camper and be on board. So those are, you know, those are few and far between. Like that stuff doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Um, and then on the other side, just the people that love everything about you and everything that you do and, you know, are super friendly. They're easy to communicate with. Anything that you say, they'll follow through on. Um, honestly, that's the majority of people, I think. 
um, maybe not the majority, but a high percentage. And then everywhere, everyone else just kind of falls in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too, it's, you know, like you said, you you took a tactic of trying to help this person arrive at the conclusion that they should go somewhere else. And that that's, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that because as good at customer service as you are, it's an important takeaway that the goal is not to just be this giant people pleaser that mm-hmm. is a yes man to every single person's request. Yep. You know, that's not customer service that that's running a bad business where you let the inmates run the prison type thing. Yep. And, you know, to speak to the fact that you do get bad members, I think that is something that is just you, you have to understand and cut ties as quick as you can in the matter that you just explained. Mm-hmm. I, I know one time we had, you know, the one woman that we talk about a lot um, who complained all in the course of two weeks. She complained that she didn't like how she had to share a barbell with somebody. She didn't like the price of the T-shirts that we charged, <laughs> and she didn't like when we added a 6.30 a.m. class despite the fact that she was one of the people that requested it. So yes. you get people that they just have to they have to have something to fight against and rally against, and you're never going to be able to please that. Yep. But it's having the, you know, being savvy enough to know, like, what is something that you can fix for somebody and what is something that you're just, you're not going to change the way you're doing operations for the sake of, quote, customer service. Yeah, there's definitely a line that you don't want to cross, and that's going to allow people to take advantage of you. You don't want to let people take advantage of you. You obviously want to do what you can to salvage the situation, to make it positive, but there is a line that people will try to go down that you just have to say, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. Yeah, and I think when we first started out the first few years, like we fell a little bit into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think anybody was trying to take advantage of us, but they knew that like if they made a request, there was a good chance that they w- we would implement yeah. it. Yeah. Because we were just like so so scared of like, oh my gosh, if this person wants a 430 and we don't have a 430, like what's going to happen? Yep. And we learned they're just going to go to the fucking <laughs> yeah. five. Like it's not, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of picking your battles and what's important. And, and we'll get into all that in a little bit. But. Yeah. And a, another note on just like being a, a pleaser, if you will, if you're one of those yes men that just, you always want to say yes to people before you really think about the situation and what that causes. Like, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit of a yes person. I like, I always want to please people. I always want to make sure that everybody's like happy. Um, and I've come personally a long way in my transformation with that. Um, and a good example is we had a previous, I won't say who they are or what they do, a previous... Damn it. What? I want to know who they are. I th- well, I think you'll know who they are. <laughs> a, pre- a previous person that we were in business with to some degree who was just an absolute yes man. Everything that we asked, he just said, oh, yeah, 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 well, yeah we'll be able to do that. We'll yeah. be able to take care of that. Um, and then, you know, three weeks later when it was time to take care of that, it wasn't done. You just and get another like, oh yeah, yeah, we're on it. Yeah, it's, it, like like we said, it's about expectation. Yeah, and like I think that's ultimately what customer service is. Yep. is meeting expectation, but you have to set set proper expectation. Yeah, get go. And and for for that example, that guy, if he had just said no, that's not going to happen, we would have been like, okay, move on. Sweet. Yeah, that's fine. Like I just want to know what the situation is going to like, what's going to happen and how to handle it. And if they don't give you that proper expectation, then, you know, that's when things go awry. Awry. That's awry. a big word for you. Yeah. Probably the biggest. of <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So, you know, when somebody joins our gym, obviously we sign them up in person and then they get processed. You are the person that does that processing and reaching out and oftentimes resulting in a little bit of dialogue about why somebody is with us. Can you give some examples about 
member communication coming from other gyms why that person has canceled the gym because when I learned some of these reasons I was completely shocked that something like that I wouldn't say shocked but I guess taken aback that that's what led somebody to cancel and yeah. not like I didn't like the workouts yeah I didn't like the coaches like it was just kind of how things were handled for lack of a better term so to this date I can maybe think of one or two people that quit another gym and came to our gym that canceled because they didn't like the workouts or the training. Like, maybe one or two. And I think, not to get off topic, that is so important to realize that, like, as great as we all think our programming is, that ain't ultimately why people are there. Yeah. And it's somewhat commoditized that we're all relatively the same at this point, give or take some people that are a little bit better and some people that are a little worse. So it's how you deliver that product, how digestible you make it for people on a daily basis that determines whether or not they like you. Yeah. So, you know, moving on from that point that the majority of people cancel for some other reason. um, The number one thing that I see gyms doing poorly is not relating to the member um, and seeing what's going on from that person's point of view. You know, to think that every single person at your gym is just going to be in a steady job, never going on vacation, never getting injured, never having anything weird happen to them is just totally unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, think about your life and just, I, I don't know, you know, we're, we're all crazy busy. I've never met somebody that's not like, I'm, I'm really busy. Everybody's extremely busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you have all kinds of stuff going on, family issues. Um, you know, your wife gets pregnant, you go on vacation, you get fired from your job. There are all kinds of situations that come up that are just shitty situations. And I, un- I totally understand that you have membership terms, um, and that you need to follow them 99% of the time. But if there is some sort of abnormal situation, then you need to put yourself in that per that person's perspective and work together to find a positive situation for both sides. And 99% of the time, that is a possibility to find something that works for both sides. So it's basically just having empathy for people's situations. Yeah. And we talk about all the time, just caring, you know, (laughs) caring about your business, caring about the people that pay you money to come to your business um, and caring about creating a good experience for everybody. Yeah. Well, like get, get specific with it. So like, what are some examples where somebody told you like X, Y, and Z, this is why I canceled, like, because they didn't, you know, they didn't understand this or they took this tone with me and it just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so, you know, this type of thing happens all the time, specifically where somebody gets like transferred in a job, or maybe they even accept a new position inside their company. Um, you know, one person recently, they got transferred up to LA for like three months or something, you know, temporary project. I I don't even know what they did or what it was for, but, um, they got transferred up to LA for three months and they were in the, not in the middle, middle, but like in it, they were in contract with another gym and they reached out to this gym and just said like, Hey, this is what's going on. You know, let me know, let me know what we can do about it. And they just wrote back like, a one sentence, sorry, you know, we don't, you know, you're in a contract and you're unfortunately like locked into that. I mean, did they say it like that? That's what they told me that yeah. it was said. Yeah. So it's like a nice phone ring there. I'm taking my bat on that. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just kind of like handled bluntly and without any type of empathy for the situation. Yeah. Just like, hey, sorry, you're in a contract. 
yeah. F off, basically. Um, and Which, so, like, you know, to play devil's advocate, I get. I, I get that's why we all, as owners, offer contracts yes. to lock in the rate of the money at the discounted rate. What's in it for you? That lower price. What's in it for me? I get the guaranteed revenue. So yes. we, I totally get those rules, but as I think you'll explain, there's a way to handle that. There's, yeah, there's a way to handle pretty much every situation that comes up. In this situation, I, I recently wrote a blog post about it. Um, you can see kind of the details in there specifically, but the gist of it is in that situation, you want the full contract amount. The person wants to take three months to go travel and do their job and then most likely return. You know, most of the time people return. Um, so the easy situation around that is to tell them, hey, you can pay the rest of the value on your contract. So in this situation, there was like six weeks left. It was like not even a whole lot. So you could say, you know what, pay the rest of the value on that contract, the six weeks. Um, that will complete your obligation here. Um, at that point, we can put our put your account on hold for those three months, and then you can use those remaining six weeks when you return to the gym. So you get your full value of the contract. That person gets their hold, gets to go up to L.A. and do their work and then come back down. And the beauty of that is they now have a six, uh, six weeks of prepaid gym membership when they return. So when they return, they're going to continue training with you. Most likely at the end of that six weeks, they're going to continue, you know. And I think, too, it's, it's how you word it. Like, you always talk about this. Unlike, you know, you lead with making sure they're aware that they're in a contract and you're being the good guy. Yes. Here. Yes. Can Always. you talk a little bit about, like, that kind of language? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's, you know, number one, you empathize with their situation, acknowledge that you listen to them. I think that's important. So, you know, in your communication back to this person, you'd be like, Oh, you know, I, I hope this is a great work opportunity for you. You know, you know that's that's awesome to hear. I hope this is a good step forward for your career. Um, I looked up your account, and it looks like you're under contract. Normally, we can't do anything about that. You know, when people are under contract, um, but this is a unique situation, and I'd be happy to work something out with you if we can find you know positive solution. And then you, you ask them a question to force them to get back to you. So you can ask them, you know, do you plan on returning here once you're done with those three, three months in L.A.? Um, and ultimately, that response that you get from them tells you how you're going to proceed. Mm -hmm. So if they're like, yeah, I would love to return. Like, that's nice of you guys for offering to do something. Um, at that point, you're like, okay, great. This is um, somebody that wants to come back. So let's, you know, do a little something for them so that we get them back. If he's like, you know, after L.A., I don't know, we'll see what happens. Then it's like, okay, this person might be trying to pull one over on me. This might be their excuse to get out of their contract. At that point, you need to evaluate if you need to, you know, hold them to that contract and maybe explain why. Um, so what you're saying is there's nothing wrong with holding people to the contract. It's just how you go about it. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. when you get into like a maybe one or two email exchange, and you dig a little deeper, and ultimately you come to the point where that contract has to be enforced. Yeah. Do you have any experience with what people's reactions are to that? Um, usually it is understanding, um, and a big part of that is you explain why, you know, why you're holding them to a contract. Um, the easy one for us is, you know what, we 
provide these contracts at a discounted rate because that ensures that you know you're here for a full six months um, if we were to you know not hold these contracts uh, to the, to their length then people would be able to walk all over us and then it would not provide any reason to do these contracts mm -hmm. like you know we do these contracts to help our members out so um, you explain the situation why that doesn't work um, and you know we set these contracts up in our software so that they all run automatically and you can use that to your advantage you can say you know what like we set everything up in the system once we start a contract like we can't cancel it, it the moment that we hit cancel on that contract it's going to charge um, you know the rest of the value on the contract or whatever you know your terms mm -hmm. are um, so unfortunately like you know we'll have we have to hold you to that contract and it's like it, it is a very real thing like I, I am a millennial I'm not gonna sit here and be like millennials <laughs> I do a lot of millennial shit but we are dealing with an increasing amount an increasing demographic that is like very socially proven to have a certain sense of entitlement mm -hmm. with a lot of the younger generation. And that that's going to be like a very real thing and a lot of customer service and expectation and what customers who are age 45 expect is not something that customers age 25 expect. Yeah. And you can see an incredibly different outcome with a lot of the handlings of different types of people, depending on how old they are. So I, I, I just think stuff like this is going to become so much more important even over the coming years as expectations. You know, we live in the Yelp age where people, mm -hmm. they just threaten you with like the Yelp. And that's a real thing for restaurants. Yeah. And I think that, that kind of shit is just getting started. So figuring out how to empathize and get what you want out of it as the business while also letting the person feel like they got a good deal is just extremely important. And even simple things like just diffusing the situation and make it, you know, from bad to a little bit less bad, like that's very important too. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to fix every situation 100%. It's just making it better than it previously was. Yeah, that's why I was excited to do this topic, to be honest with you, because I don't like I don't want it to take the tone of like here's how to make every single person happy right. and it, as soon as somebody starts saying that then it's like I know you're full of shit because you obviously don't have enough customers to know that there's going to be varying degrees of happiness and disgruntledness. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I think one thing that's like really important I know that you mention a lot is even if you know let's say that that person does leave and let's just say they are trying to pull one over on you and let's say it doesn't go the way you want and you end up letting them out of the contract. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of the things you always mention is, okay, so that person's moving away from your demographic. I'm willing to bet they have friends that are in this area. Mm -hmm. You still, every single person equals marketing and word of mouth. Like you want to create as many scenarios and situations where people are speaking positively about your gym. Absolutely. And you never, this isn't a Yelp type of thing where you want to be like beholden to people's word of mouth, but if there is a way to mitigate something and have people speak positively about you, despite the fact that they're non-members, we have seen that to be, to be a thing that happens that people will join based on somebody who was a member like two years ago, yeah. re referred them. Yeah. You know, I, I think people undervalue and underestimate how many people just like casually talk about the gym all the time. You know, we have a company locally here that we have a lot of, uh, their employees that train here. And I remember we got one or maybe two people from that company to train here because they said they were tired of people talking 
about the gym and them not knowing what <laughs> what they were talking about. So we need a, a category of why you joined to be FOMO. Yes. <laughs> so like that is the type of you know communication that people are having with everybody else around them. You know, I think to to think that somebody is just gonna like go home and like keep the gym quiet from like their friends and their family and everybody is is unrealistic. You know, people talk all the time. The gym is a big part of people's lives, mm-hmm. so they're constantly talking about it. You don't want these people out there just saying negative things about you um, when you could have prevented it. Um, so what are some areas that you think, aside from membership stuff, holds, cancellations, joins, what are some areas that you think are important customer service facing that impact the gym that maybe we don't think of? Um, I, I think I still think the number one thing that places need to do is learn people's names. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, primarily your coaching staff because they're, you know, they're coaching every day. But, um, you know, as we get bigger, it becomes harder to do. But, um, you know, you do one of the best jobs I've ever seen of like knowing everybody and you're not even in there every day. Um, and I think that that is so important when your coaches meet somebody for the first time and they remember them the next time coming back, like people, people are like blown away by that. And that creates such like a good experience for people. And that has nothing to do with the gym or anything else. That's just like human behavior. Um, you know, I'm sure that you've been to stores or, you know, services or wherever that you've come back and they like remember you. And you're like, oh, wow, like they care like that. That shows me a lot that that translates into they care about me. They're going to care about their gym. They're going to care about their programming. They're going to care about everything they do around here. And that's going to ultimately give a good experience for like everything as a whole. Yeah, for sure. And I it's you know, our coaches do a great job of that because that that is something that we've ingrained as part of the culture. And I can give an immediate example of this, of how we, you know, we have our Sunday community workouts and we had a a kid who came to one, came to the first one and then came back like three weeks later and joined. And I met him at the first community workout very briefly. And he, I saw him in the gym a couple days ago and he came up and introduced himself to me. And I said, yeah, I know you're Tyler. I met you a few weeks ago and he was blown away (laughs) that I remembered his name and I'm, so I'm terrible at names and I'm terrible at anything that requires memory. Well, you do a damn good job. But, but this is my point is that's, I, it's because I put effort into it and like, I'm also not afraid to look like an idiot and ask somebody their name like six times. And people are oftentimes embarrassed to ask for somebody's name again because they think like, Oh, I should have remembered it. Right. And it's like, no, people know that there's a lot going on and it's something as simple like, Hey man, I know I met you before. Like, I'm really sorry to ask you this again, but sometimes it takes me a couple of times. Like, tell me your name again. And they're like, Oh, you know, Glenn or something. People, they end up always laughing about it and appreciate appreciating it. And I couldn't agree more with you that it's a sign of just caring overall that you're kind of invested in that person's success. Yeah, most people are not good at remembering names. So when you share that you're also not good at remembering their name, that's a way to like, you know, um, relate to that person, mm-hmm. and that creates a connection right there. So it's like, ha, huh, we're both stupid idiots and <laughs> can't remember names. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at us just being stupid <laughs> together. Um, so yeah, like you know, that relatability factor is huge. Just with this and everything else. Yeah, I I think too. Um, you know understanding that every single 
every single thing we do is a customer service opportunity. Yes. Um, somebody walks into the gym, like, let's just take Joe who walks into the gym. What happens right when he walks in? Like, he doesn't need to be greeted. It's your coaching. Somebody's coaching. But, mm-hmm. like, is is it just a welcoming environment? Like, totally generalized topic. Like, mm-hmm. have you created a culture that is just welcoming yeah. overall? And, you know, he goes and sets his stuff down. Like, is there a place to put his stuff? Is there, you know, is, is like, can he, can he get a foam roller, like, to, to warm up? Like, the, it just every single thing is, like, an opportunity to have somebody's experience be positive. Yeah. And these aren't things where like he's walking in with like a checklist evaluating. Right. It's all subconscious stuff. But, you know, my role as customer service has changed greatly in that I used to really hate it and be really terrible at it because I would just take everything too personally. And now that I'm not coaching nearly as much, I'm able to kind of see things from a little bit more of a bird's eye perspective and I think I've gotten a little bit better at looking at areas that can be can be improved. And like when somebody's walking in the gym, like I will watch somebody for like two minutes sometimes Great. just just to like <laughs> see like what are they doing, like where are they going, what do they need, right. is there anything that can just make this better? Right. And I don't really have any specifics for that other than like if I see something that looks noticeably weird or if – you know, people are having to walk through the workout to get to something, then let's fix that. Yeah. You know, always just be looking for shit that can be done a little bit better. And a lot of times you, you know, you won't find something or you may have something that you're like, oh, I really wish we could fix that. And you might not be able to, but a lot of times there is little adjustments that you can make that make the experience better. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one too is like, yes, we're talking about membership stuff and how you're able to create an amazingly positive experience for people right off the bat, which is huge. But without something real after that, that experience with you, it doesn't mean shit. Right. You know, if they come in and they're super happy and excited about their, their join process and the fact that we're invested in their goals and we've asked them questions and they get to the class and the coach doesn't give a shit. Right. It's like, Oh, this was all fake. Yeah. And that goes back to, was it the last episode where we talked about culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last episode. And then a, another full episode earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, that starts from the way that you c- create your culture from the beginning. You know, a lot of that stuff is not something that you can like teach a coach or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's all about just the people that you bring in and, you know, the type of member that you attract. Like one of the, one of my favorite things about our membership base is because we set this culture early you know, members introduce themselves to people trying the gym. Um, somebody just posted on our members uh, group page on Facebook, like, just joined, like, this is awesome. Already had so many members help me out. Um, I know, that made me really happy Yeah, to see. it's like, you know, members are helping other members out when they can. Um, you know, that type of stuff just goes such a long way. Are there any aspects of, you know, quote, customer service, that term that you love, that you think are kind of newer newer ways to provide good customer service that are no longer the traditional I'm a customer I am bringing something to you now let me respond to this yeah there there's two big things with that um, number one being present and number two being proactive I thought you're gonna say being president president yeah, yeah. you got to be president <laughs> have to so there's, there's <laughs> one person in the country that can provide good customer service um, so being present just means that you're accessible. Um, and that you're responding and like, you know, people can have that communication with you. Um, you know, another example that, 
I wrote about in my blog that somebody, you know, requested a hold. They wrote in the, you know, customer service at xyzgym.com and they got no response. Um, they called and like they said that they'd email them back and got no response and just like that type of sh- that type of shit is like so frustrating to people. Take my fiance Ashley for example. She just um, called a customer service line for her car payment earlier this morning and it was like touch tone, press one to do this, and we've all been there. AT and T can you know go to hell for that. Um, if you just can't like get to where you want to quickly. Um, going back to your millennials point, part of that, uh, that group of people, like you want to get shit done, you don't have time, like everything else. And I fall into that big time. Me too. I don't want to go through 12 different options. Yeah. That's why Apple's customer service just kills it. Do they? I've never read. Yeah. You go to their website, you enter in their, your phone number and you get a call within 30 seconds. Really? And you're connected to somebody who's a real person that's. It's just amazing. Yeah, so Apple... I want to have issues so I can speak to Apple's customer service. Yeah, so like that is a a different style of customer service that is like way ahead of their time, and that's awesome to hear. Um, So yeah, being present, being accessible, responding to people in time, um, all that fun stuff. And then number two, being proactive. Um, You don't always need to wait for people to contact you to solve an issue or, you know, deal with whatever you're dealing with. A good example is, um, you know, occasionally I hear people chatting with other members or coaches and uh, somebody will mention that they're pregnant. You know, they just found out that they're pregnant and they're asking about customizing the training and stuff like that. And so I'll make a note of that when I get home that night. I'll email them, you know, maybe a resource on training when you're pregnant or, um, you know, a link to, hey, when it gets to that point that, um, you know, you need to take a step away from the gym and have your baby. Well, here is how to put a hold on your account, you know, stuff like that. That's just super simple that they're going to do anyways, but it's like, oh my God, like they're not just trying to like, you know, seep this money out of me as much as they can and get me to stay and train as long as they can. Like they're offering an opportunity to put my account on hold while I have this baby and then come back and kind of right back to normal. So, um, that type of stuff in my opinion, goes a really long way as well. Yeah. um, And I think that's a a key point that you can harp on for a number of different things is you never want the angle to be, I I ultimately just want your money. Even if you come about it in a very delicate way that you can still tell when somebody just wants the money. And I remember I was recently exchanging training emails with a couple at the gym um, who got pregnant and they, it ended up, unfortunately not working out, but you know, she said we, we are going to start trying again. So I'll probably reach out again and need to like go on hold. And mm-hmm. I said, absolutely. Whatever you need, like we're here to help. I was like, just so you know, we are able to modify stuff to the point that you're comfortable. If, if it's something that you want to continue, like yeah. that's up to you and your doctor and what you feel comfortable with. So truly with the expectation of like, great like go on hold and and have your child like that's more important than coming to this (laughs) gym um and you know people are going to come back (laughs) yeah they will people will more often than not come back um and that kind of brings us to another point is having a hold policy um i think is super important because ultimately if somebody needs to go on hold and they plan on returning which happens a lot people go on vacation uh, the job stuff happens, like we talked about, the pregnancies. Um, 
if they don't have the option to go on hold, well, they're going to cancel. And once you've canceled, like trying to get that member back is so hard. But having a hold in place where it automatically resumes at a future date, you know, 95% of the time they come back and just jump right back into it where they left off. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think one thing or two I want to speak to that I know is a challenge for me that I never faced until this last go around, which I've started coaching more, is people know I'm an owner of the gym and, you know, they know I'm involved in decisions. So whenever I coach, like without fail, every time there's probably two or three members that are like, hey, I have a question for you. That's not about the workout that I'm coaching. It's about me owning the gym, Mm -hmm. something about the gym. What can I do with my membership? Hey, like, can I run this idea by you? And I don't want to hear that shit when I'm in there coaching. Like I'm coaching, I'm getting prepared for this class. I'm with this phase one person in that scenario. I don't care about your membership. Right. So I'm going to be honest with that. Yeah. And I wish people would have a little more awareness to know boundaries with that, Mm -hmm. but they don't. And that's totally fine. What I'm getting at is it's been it's so helpful to have a destination to send people for mm-hmm. that. So when they're like, hey, I have a question with my account, I let them finish what they're going to say, and I just say, we can definitely do that. We can definitely look into it. Go to here. Yep. Email this. Yep. Go to this page. Go to this email address. Go to this email address. Not going to lie. usually put that shit off on you. Yeah, email I, Brian. I get it. Brian. I, yeah, yeah. Hey, Dave told me to <laughs> <laughs> reach out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's not like I'm not forced to like – Go write something down and then forget about it. I'm not forced to do it on the spot. Having that process really helps so that even your coaches who maybe have to deal with that, they can direct people without being rude or making it seem like you're blowing them off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's really, really important for people who expect I'm going to come to this class and also get all my personal questions answered about things that I need for my account and and all this stuff. So Yeah, and that brings me to another point. Don't have your whatever that destination is, don't have it be like a customer service at your gym Yeah. Like have it be a person. Yeah. You're not like G E you don't have a thousand, yeah. like just be at your name at the email address. Yeah. Like anytime I see one of those emails, I'm just like, Oh Christ. Like am I going <laughs> to have to submit a support ticket? Yeah. And like they'll email me when they've looked at their support ticket and then I have to respond and <clears throat> go back and forth. It's just like, yeah. I mean not, not to like, bring up Apple again, but that is why they're known as like the best customer service ever. You go into an Apple store and there is almost one employee per customer. Yeah. They have more employees per square footage than any other business. And it's (laughs) unbelievable the amount of employees that they have. And they do that on purpose. They know that they're spending a shitload of money on that, but they know that that's going to produce a return. Just that level of availability, that level of accessibility Mm -hmm. to be, accommodating to people's needs as a customer, you know, we can all scale that down to our individual business and figure out ways that we can do a better job of it. But it's like you just said, it's the whole, are you a support ticket or are you Apple? Which one are you? And you're going to fall into either one or the other much more so. So there's one that's clearly obviously works and one doesn't. Yeah. And you know, that, that money that they spent is, well worth it because you know if, if you look at the cost per acquisition of a new member for example um, at the gym if you were to go advertise on Facebook or Google or whatever cost per acquisition is so much higher than spending you know 15 minutes dealing with a customer yeah so you know? let me what, what do we pay for a new customer on average um, 
to be honest. I don't know that number I mean, off the top I th- of my head. I think it's roughly like 100 bucks, something like that. Roughly, yeah. And with some of the paid advertising, which we don't do anymore. But, okay, so that's $100 to get $139 in the door. Right. Keeping a customer who's already paying that, it costs you $0. $0. So, and all that is is just doing these things that we're talking about. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, if I think people might think that we have some some kind of – magic formula or advertising that we do to get to, you know, close to 650 members and all honestly, the secret sauce is all the stuff that we're just talking yeah. about. And it's, you know, our, our, our programming, I'm biased. I make it, I love it. I think it works, but ultimately it's about the, the programming is driven to customer service. Yeah. You know, it's, there's specific paths for each person. That's good programming, but that's good customer service first and foremost. Yeah. That's providing something for somebody with where they're at as a user of your business. And you, yeah, it's a gym and it's doing body weight squats instead of back squats, but that's just customer service. Yeah, I'm really happy you brought that up because that is like exactly on point. If you think about, you know, the example I gave earlier where, you know, I'm asking somebody about their move to LA and I'm like, customizing this response and the outcome based on the communication with them. That's the exact same with the training is like you are an individual. There are ways to customize a workout to your specific needs. And you know, whether it's in the gym, whether it's outside of the gym, whatever it is, that application to the individual is just so important. And I can tell you that is like the sole way that I view programming and the creation of training at the gym is how can this be, accessible and hit people as customers with where they want to go. Yeah. And from there you just kind of engineer it to, to fit people's goals. And that shit is very easy, but what's not easy is being able to meet people with where they're at versus the other way around. And I think, you know, people overlook programming and the actual workout as a huge part of customer service. What is the actual product that the person is using with your business? It's coming and doing the workouts. Yeah. And if that isn't, if that isn't where like your number one focus of customer service is, then you're missing the idea of what customer service is all about. Yeah. And you know, it's it's the coach who knows the person's name in the workout, and it's the new person in phase one who gets a little bit more hands-on attention from that coach, and it's the advanced athlete who wants to know how to improve their squat more in open gym. This is a coach who is being a good fitness coach. But ultimately, that's just delivering customer service to people's needs. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of gyms kind of don't realize that. And it's just like, here's the workout. Go, go, go. Like, go, 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 go. And then you're done. And then, like, that's it. It's uh, To me, when you're um, what I call a rah-rah coach, where all it is is, like, yelling, motivation, all that stuff, I think that takes away from or masks the inability to coach. Um, And you said it exactly. Um, good coaching is good customer service. Good customer service is marketing. Marketing is how you grow the gym. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything else you want to add on this? Um, I, I wanted to touch on discounts, um, because we get a lot of people that ask about discounts and I know that people ask a lot of other gyms about discounts prior to joining or prior to joining while they're members. So we get, we get a lot of people that, you know, will reach out and say, you know, they come from 24 hours, they pay, you know, 19 bucks a month. So that difference from 
twenty. Yeah, they're paying what they pay in a year in one month and a half. Yeah, exactly. So you know they're naturally going to like try and get that price down. So we get a lot of emails from people that are like, "Hey, um, I notice you know your prices are this, but how about um, if I, you know, can I do this and pay ninety nine dollars a month instead of one thirty nine? And it's like back in the day, I would always be like, "Yes, a new member, like ninety nine bucks, great." Um, but that ultimately devalue, devalues your brand, uh, number one. And number two, if you explain to people why your prices are what they are, and also um, the, the easiest trick is to just say, well, I personally would love to give every single person a discount. That is very unfair to the other 600 members that are paying full price. And the integrity of our pricing in our gym is very is much more important than one new member. And so I'm sorry, but we can't do that. So what you're doing with that response achieves a few things. Number one, it puts you on their level. You're empathizing and you're like, ah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, you're casually dropping that we have a shit ton of members. Yep. And oh, yeah. that, that is absolutely to psychologically support the fact that you're requesting a discount from a business that doesn't need your money. Yes. And I'm aware how that comes off and like, I'm fine with that because mm-hmm. it, it puts you in a position where you're empathizing with somebody in a very genuine way. And you're also just letting them know that like, Hey, we, we would really like you as a member. We're not taking that for granted, but just understand that we don't need to do this. So <clears throat> I'm kind of working with you on this, but it's not a need that we have like, for your discounted <laughs> bullshit membership. Yeah. So, yeah, we get surprisingly a lot of those and I would say 9 out of 10 join and pay the full price and are extremely happy with it. Um and yeah. Yeah, it's tough too. Like that's an expectation that's very hard to meet somebody coming from $19 a month to then 139. Like there's just even a discount is going to be way more expensive right. for them. So, um yeah. And, you know, if you still get pushed back, you can say, hey, like, come give it a try for one month. Um, you know, you'll quickly see if the value is there for you. And if not, you know, we'll let you go kind of thing. No big deal. Yep. Um, do you ever do you ever get requests for discounts, like, from somebody who's already a member who mm-hmm. just, like, is wants to pay less? Yeah, I just remind them that they're paying a fraction of what they would pay it. other gyms and they get way more value and they're always kind of like they get that realization like oh shit this is a really good deal still yeah and i think if you're you know if you're if you're delivering on on all aspects that can be delivered upon and say that person does leave and go somewhere else then like you said before in the beginning they might not realize that it's as good of a place and they'll come back or they'll realize they like it a lot more and everybody's everybody's better off for that yeah i forgot to mention that i'm glad you brought that up um, you know, over, we started really tracking our data, uh, in like a very specific manner, probably two years ago or two and a half years ago. And I went and looked at the numbers the other day for this blog article and it was something like, I forget the exact number, um, off the top of my head, but it was something like 70 members had previously canceled here, gone somewhere else and are back. So, um, I've seen, I've seen a few of those people in the gym, like, yeah, seeing them back around. Yeah. And so you know, that might be the case where it's like they leave, they might not have liked you before. They might've been like, this is overpriced, whatever. And they go to another gym and they find out that you're a better fit than that gym. And so then they're like, that changes their expectations Mm -hmm. of like, 
oh, maybe this place is, maybe it is worth, you know, $139 um, to train there. And then they come back and they're happy because they know what to expect and they know that they're getting a better value than the other gym and all that. It's just a, it's a constant cycle that, um, you know, if you make that experience good for people, um, even if they leave, they're more likely to come back. Awesome. I mean, I think kind of the summary of everything is, you know, understand, understand how much competition is around you and always be aware of that. Never lose that self-awareness as a business and just on a macro scale and a micro scale, appreciate the fact that somebody is at your business other than the business down the road. And I know that's what kind of drives our trial process is just like being genuinely grateful that somebody's coming in. But also when you keep them, like just find ways to always find ways to always, always deliver. Yeah. Simple Um, as that. So great. So that's a wrap, guys. Um, give it a share for gym owners that you think could be interested in. Try out some of Brian's you know, techniques with email responses for membership requests. Um, that stuff really, really does help. I've been able to see that firsthand. And uh, let us know how that stuff goes, if you got any good takeaways from it, and if you feel like some of these tips do improve your, your member communication, because we would love to hear that feedback. Yeah, and if you guys have any tips that you think would help other gym owners as well, like, you know, shoot them over to us and and we'll happily uh, talk about them kind of next time we go over this stuff. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Head over to businessofliftingweights.com. That is our revamped website. We have a bunch of blog articles on there. The podcast lives there. Um, We have a growing number of gym owners that we have been working with on ways that we can help their business. So if it's something that you're interested in reaching out, we would love to hear from you. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. (laughs) 